Hey everyone, welcome back to Not Just Gym Girls. I'm Marissa. And I am Vanessa. And today we're super excited to bring you this episode. Today we are going to be talking about calorie cycling strategies. So basically these are some different strategies that we both use within our coaching practices um, that can be applied to, you know, reverse dieting phases. They can be applied to calorie deficits, surpluses, and so forth. And we kind of wanted to talk briefly, you know, we're not going to go too in depth, um, but just briefly about the different strategies and kind of like what they basically entail. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to talk about this because there's so many ways to get to the same goal, right? Whether you have a goal of putting on muscle or losing fat, there's a lot of different methods and modalities that we use as coaches to get somebody to their goal. And I think it depends a lot on the lifestyle. It depends a lot on what somebody prefers, things like that. And we kind of want to dive into each of them and just kind of explain when you might use those things, why they're helpful, X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to go ahead and start with one that's really common. I feel like it's blown up over the past few years, which is refeeds. And I'm a huge proponent of refeeds. This is something specifically that I personally will use if you if my client is in a deficit. Um, not necessarily so much if you're in like a surplus or a maintenance just because you don't necessarily need those. Refeed is really going to help with basically getting your glycogen stores back up. So with a refeed, it is a higher calorie day and Typically, I'll bring somebody just to what I would assume their maintenance is or even like a slight surplus sometimes. And with a refeed, it's still very structured. Unlike some things that we're going to talk about here a little bit later, a refeed is still very structured. So you're still tracking. You are just having a higher carbohydrate intake. And the reason for that is because when you are in a deficit, you are depleting your glycogen stores, which is like your carbohydrate intake essentially. And when you increase that carbohydrate intake, that would be called a refeed and that would basically improve your glycogen stores and that will help with your training performance. It can help with sleep. It can help with just like overall soreness and fatigue. It can help with relationship with food. A lot of great benefits to a refeed. So with a refeed, I will typically, I've even gone as far as like doubled people's carbohydrates, but typically I would say that I usually uh, will do like a, 0.5 0.5 to 0.75, you know, times whatever of their carbohydrate intake is for one to two days. I definitely have clients that can handle two or three days of refeed days. And I definitely have clients that do one and it's sometimes not even weekly. Sometimes it's more so bi-weekly or whatever they, like, they kind of need. Um, I think with refeed, something that's important too, to kind of mention is like you're eating very similar foods than you typically, or that you actually would be in your deficit. So you're still having, you know, your rice, your potatoes, your fruit, your veggies, things like that. It's just in higher quantities. And that's really what I recommend. I definitely try to tell my clients to keep fiber pretty similar and really try to um, just be mindful of what they're consuming there. Yeah, for sure. And I also too wanted to ask you, what are the benefits of a refeed? Oh yeah, good question. I should have started with that. Um, Basically the benefits of a refeed, like I had said before, it's really going to help with your glycogen stores, which is going to help your training performance a lot. Um, If someone's struggling with their sleep a lot, I'll often have like give them a refeed just because that can help a lot. If you are in a deficit, sometimes sleep can get impacted a little bit. Um, Other ones will definitely be like relationship with food if somebody's struggling or if they need more flexibility within their deficit, like on the weekends or something. Uh, Even mentally, like sometimes I'll just give a refeed if they're struggling like with that aspect of like relationship with food or just like burnout in general. Um, Those are kind of my, my typical, if you will, reasons and then also like keep someone's metabolism high you want to make sure you're not like adapting so low to the lower calories like being able to have a refeed kind of gives your adapt was a metabolism that opportunity to adapt up 
Awesome. Yeah, I think you covered everything there, but I just kind of wanted to ask that as well. And then as far as the next one here, so free meal. So this actually goes a little bit against what Vanessa just said, not against, but I would say a refeed is very structured in a sense, whereas a free meal does not have as much yeah. structure. So typically the reason that we really use a free meal for the most part is a mental break. Like, yes, could there be some kind of like uh, manipulation of calories with them being maybe a tad bit higher than your normal macro days. Yes, but for the most part, since they are untracked, you know, a free meal is an untracked meal essentially, there's not too much data to go from. Whereas a refeed, you're gonna have that data of like, okay, maybe you're eating, you know, let me just throw a random number out there, 185 carbs per day, and then you have a refeed of like 220, right? So obviously that's going to be vastly different. Whereas a free meal, it's like, okay, these are the requirements that I want you to stay within. And if you are one of my clients, you know that for the most part, every single person has a free meal. So I basically take like, you know, all right, I want you to hit like half of your carbohydrates. I want to make sure you hit two thirds of your protein, half your fats before we go into that free meal so that you still have that structure of like, it's not just a free day, right? But we still want some data points there. And like I said, that free meal is more so of a mental break. That is meant for you to be able to enjoy date night. That's for you to be able to go out and not stay with my fitness pal. Is a free meal going to be used in maybe stricter dieting phases? Maybe not. That's where too, there's so much, I don't know, what's the word? Like controversy, con con okay. controversy, controversy, obviously I can't talk, um, controversy with the free meal because yes, it is like so, so helpful, but there's not too much data that we can pull from that. So that's why really, really taking some guidelines around this free meal of like making sure that you're having protein, making sure that like, you're not just using it as a, an excuse to go balls to the walls, have five drinks and a fat burger with fries, <laughs> because obviously that's going to mess things up, whether you're in a reverse diet, whether you're in a dieting phase, whatever that may look like. Um, but like I said, it's more so used as that like mental break and being able to have those guidelines outside of that. But we'll see oftentimes people will actually pull a free meal when they're in strict dieting phases. Of course, if you're in competition prep, which is a whole other ball game that, yeah, you, that sure. you know, we are really focused more so on lifestyle uh, athletes and clients. Um, but that's why we attempt to use that free meal. That's why that's what we typically do. Um, as far as kind of just like protocols within ourselves, yeah, and and so forth. So that's kind of like one thing we wanted to talk about. It's not necessarily like a quote unquote calorie cycling. It can be for purposes, but it's mostly used as like that mental break. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good point there. And I think with the free meal too, where you had mentioned, like it's something where the point of your free meal is to not hit your macros essentially. Like you're not trying to hit these structured, you know, refeed macros like you would a refeed. It's more so like the free meal is like hey, go enjoy yourself, try to listen to your hunger cues, like make memories. And I think that's important too. And something I did want to talk about with the calorie cycling and the free meal, if somebody really struggles on like a certain day, like for example, like a leg day, and it's really hard for them to eat the amount of food they need to grow, I will sometimes program like a free meal on a leg day. And that'll help a lot with the calorie cycling. And that way you kind of get the best of both worlds with the mental break, as well as like the calorie cycling, like I guess, aspect of it mm -hmm. um but yeah i think a free meal is so important i know we kind of both take i take a few to be honest but mm -hmm. i i think um with having that structure and like or i guess lack of structure is actually really really helpful so i really like that point the next one i want to talk about here is actually going to be diet breaks so diet breaks kind of similar to refeeds to be honest but with a diet break essentially what you'll have is 
a longer period of time at maintenance or even at a little bit of a surplus, I find if you are able, if someone's dieting and they're responding well, you're able to kind of bring the calories up a little higher, sometimes even into a surplus and you're typically totally fine. Like gaining body fat takes a lot more than a week in a surplus. So I find for a lot of people, like if they are, you know, if they do need that longer period of time with having higher calories, I'll definitely go ahead and take like five to, I've done upwards of 14 days for a diet break for somebody and being able to have them have better training, have better sleep, kind of the same benefits of a refeed just at a longer time period. I will say I typically don't have somebody refeeding and diet breaking, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of one or the other for the most part. If someone's like going on vacation or something, I'll definitely have them like diet break for that time period. Um, But essentially kind of same benefits. Like you're basically able to upregulate metabolism. You can have somebody feeling better, performing better um, and taking that stress down and bringing that metabolism up. I agree. Just out of curiosity. So right with a diet break we'll use that when someone is a calorie deficit for long periods of time at what point and i know this is of course going to be client dependent yes. do you implement the diet break slash how long after the diet break do you continue the cut because i have certain cases that i've seen but i'm just curious as to what you do yeah so this definitely depends if somebody's in a longer dieting phase um i what, what i've kindly i i find that they really do need the more so longer diet breaks like if somebody's been dieting four or five six months which is you know definitely not the norm but if someone has you know someone has to do that yeah um then I'll typically look at a diet break. Typically, if someone's dieting for like a six month time period or something along those lines, they'll probably have like two or three diet breaks in that time um, rather than just the one. And if somebody is dieting for like a shorter period of time, that's more so when I will go with the refeed approach. Um, and then how long after the diet break? So I'll typically have people check in more frequently if they're diet breaking, quote unquote. Like if somebody's on a diet break um, and it's been five days, I'm like, hey, can you send me pictures on, you know, if they're checking usually Thursday, can you send me pictures on Monday just so I can see how things are going? And sometimes I'll push the, the diet break until their next check-in or we'll just like stop it there. Depends. Depends on the situation. What, do you, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say it's a hard question to answer because it really depends on the individual. But like you mentioned, same thing, like depending on maybe we have a certain plus of body fat to lose and we just have to be in a deficit yeah um so that's really where i would use that diet break and again kind of like you mentioned when someone's been dieting for long periods of time upwards of five six months that's when your body's going to kind of like need that need that break not only mentally but also physically Um, what do you prefer for yourself when you're dieting like what approach do you like for yourself do you like a diet break approach where you have that long this is just personal mm -hmm. like preference but i'm just curious I would say refeed. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think to like, I tend to like the refeeds more because I feel like they're a lot more frequent. Yeah, or even, I agree with you. Even if you have 14 days of like a diet break and you have a cut, but you're having like one or two refeed days, I don't know, just like something I would look forward to. And I think also too, throughout the week, that would push my performance a lot better. Yeah. And I think too, like, especially metabolically, we're both pretty like resilient metabolically. So like I find people that train really well and that are able to be really adherent they usually get more frequent refeeds i would say and they typically need them a little bit more so yeah i agree with you i like the refeed approach for myself as well i think it just helps a ton yeah for sure and again this is going to be dependent on like the individual and like where their calories are at and their body composition all things along those lines so i want to say there's like not a one size fits all approach obviously like as you can see here there's many different approaches that can all whether they're done individually together there's just so many different ways that you can go about it and not one way is the right way. Even if you have one set of macros, like yeah. personally, that's what I like to do for the most part mm-hmm. because it is less confusing as an individual. Yeah. For yeah. Me, I just like to have one set of macros for the most part for myself. And that's what I do for a lot of clients because 
also too, you have to see where and how advanced your clients are. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? I think a lot of times if I was like, all right, and do low carb days, high carb days. Yeah, yeah, that's a good breaks. point. And I yeah. can for some people, but a lot of times they're very, very much lifestyle clients, and that's why we kind of stick to one set of macros. Hundred percent too, and I think that makes a good point because if somebody's adherence isn't like that great in the first place for a dieting phase you're probably not going to be getting a refeed because like not really anything to refeed, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. you make a good point. Like where is somebody at? Because I know for myself, like I typically do have like calorie cycling days, honestly, usually if not always in whatever phase I'm in. Um, so that's, that's a really good point in terms of like just having one set of macros versus having like, maybe you have two sets or three sets or whatever it is. Right. For certain people, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with what you said. And then going into the next point here, intermittent fasting. So this is something that has definitely gotten so much hype over the years. Like, I feel like everyone comes to me and asks me, should I intermittent fast? Like, what's the benefit of it? Is it helpful? And this is where I, yes and no, is, is kind of like my answer to that. Do I think it has its time and place? Yes. But also too, I'm not talking 16, 18, 20 hour fast. I don't even know how many hours you guys do it out there. But like, <laughs> I've heard of 48. Oh my God. I'd, I'd, be, yes. I'd be out there. F that. Yeah. No, I, like, no way. I, I would be on the floor. Seriously. But like, so I think it's helpful for the purposes of doing like a overnight, like 12 hour fast. Yeah. That's where I think it would be helpful. That's specifically what I do. I know you do something very similar because for one, it can help digestion. It can help give your body a break. For instance, it's that if you were eating your last meal at 10 o'clock or not last snack, and then you're eating first thing in the morning at 6 a.m. to go out the door. Like that doesn't give your body so much time to actually like digest, like especially too. Um, It's just like very close together and it can really, really help your body be in that like rest and digest state. And it can really, really help too, especially with like hunger. Mm -hmm. I know people will do this in a dieting phase. Um, They basically will wait a little bit longer to kind of like hold off whether they drink like water or coffee first, and then they'll actually have their first meal a little later on. So again, do I think it has its purposes? Yes. But again, you just take, this is, this is the problem too in the fitness industry. Someone takes something and then they times it. Times it's like this pendulum swing of like a hundred to zero, a hundred yeah, to zero. It's like yeah. I either eat first thing in the morning, <laughs> like before my eyes are awake or I wait like 48 hours. And it's like, why can't we live in that middle ground? Yeah. 100%. Because it, it really is. I do think fasting does have definitely like a time and place. I used to do it a lot and I do it a little bit if I'm dieting now. Mm-hmm. And it's more so just from the point too of like, if you're dieting, like, if you're, let's say you start, I'm going to use the example that you use. Like if you're starting your first meal at 6 a.m. and you're having a good amount of food before you go to the gym, it's like 6 a.m. You're, you know, that's the time to train. And then you have all day, by the time you hit your 10 p.m., like you're probably A, going to be like pretty hungry. It's, it's going to be something, it's kind of hard to like stretch that food out for a long period of time. So if you can, like maybe cut your meal off at like, your meal off at like seven, give yourself some time to digest, to like wind down so you're not eating and then laying down right away. I know a lot of people struggle with that. Things like that. And I think too, from a digestion standpoint, so, so helpful to like give your body that time to utilize the food. Because if you're eating constantly, that's not great. And if you're also going really, really, really long periods of time, like 48 hours or whatever, 24 hours, even like 16 hours, I would say like, you know, yeah. yeah. I think being able to kind of live in that middle ground, because I do think it's, there's a time place for it for sure. And I think that it can help a lot of people and it works for a lot of people's lifestyle too. Like if somebody is super, super busy, like they're a busy mom or something like that. And like, them making a full-on breakfast at 6 a.m. is just, like, not feasible. Like, okay, that's fine if if, if you're not training at that hour or whatever, right? Like, it's so person-dependent, which, which is with all of these things, which is hard to talk about. But I think with intermittent fasting, it's gotten, like, 
it was like all the hype and then it like came crashing down to the other side and now it's like you either love it or hate it and i think mm-hmm. finding that middle ground can be tough but i personally don't hate it honestly i think it can be helpful in the right scenario yeah for sure and like you hadn't touched on there's implications to all of these things right you have to take a look at so many different like lifestyle factors and like what your current goals are and things along those lines like if you're in a surplus it probably is not in your best interest to fast for 14 hours you yeah know I mean? yeah if you have a high food intake like if you're waiting a long time to eat your first meal it's gonna be really hard to get all that food in yeah and again implications because also we're not we're like we're not advocating to train fasted and yeah morning let's make that super clear before you yeah. train yeah we, we're not advocating for that do not train on an empty stomach right so there's again implications to all these things but do they serve their purposes when and where 100 i think for fasting just thing i wanted to mention super quick before we move on is with amenorrhea if someone struggles with um like cycle irregularity even if you don't fall on amenorrhea but just like a irregular cycle fasting is not going to be something that you want to do just because it's going to be causing extra stress right like you don't want to be adding to that already high stress situation by you know I want to say like restricting food for a period of time. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I know a lot of my clients, um, that's something we're working through. And I just wanted to kind of touch on that super quick. Yeah. Awesome. So if we're talking about cycles, do you want to talk a little bit about like cycle? Yeah. yeah, hunger, yeah. I, think that, I think that would be a perfect point here. So as far as our lovely woman cycle, so obviously we get a period each and every month, right? And of course, as women, we know that right around our cycle time, we are more predispositioned to having some higher hunger, higher hunger levels. Maybe digestion might be a little bit wonky, you know, energy levels are varying and so forth. So there's obviously a lot of research out there about like cycle syncing and cycle syncing with like your meals and your workouts. And this is not something I totally want to talk about just because I don't have a ton of like knowledge. To be honest, on me it. neither. Yeah. Like, I don't have a ton of knowledge on it. And that's, I never want to talk about something that I'm not super well versed in. Um, of course I'm definitely like learning and as I learn more and get more comfortable within it, I can definitely share these things. But do I think again, like anything, does it have it? T- it's time and it's time and place. Yes. 100%. Especially for someone like myself who has endometriosis or maybe someone with PCOS and you know, being able to, essentially manipulate some other factors around their cycle is going to be extremely beneficial. So basically all that to say, like when you are on your cycle, maybe having some days of higher calories, uh, maybe having some days as well of higher fat. So the reason that we want to have some higher fats here is because one, especially for hungry, like it's going to basically help us keep satiated, keep ourselves full throughout the day. So that's going to be extremely helpful. Again, People get like really, really hungry around their cycle. So even maybe up in calories right around their cycle, even towards ovulation, you know, some people would actually need some higher calories and some higher fat days towards ovulation. Again, this is something that's going to totally depend on the person. But again, do I think it has its time and place for certain people? 100%. Absolutely. I think with cycles too, it's so person dependent on what someone will experience. Like, I'm curious what you experience in terms of like, do you get higher hunger like on your cycle, around your cycle, during ovulation? like where do you I just want to kind of know from like a curiosity standpoint but I also want to touch on something else as well yeah for sure I would say specifically for me I definitely get higher hunger around my cycle um that's something that I definitely experience I usually will up my fats a little bit just around my cycle just to help with my hunger levels what about you yeah I would say typically a little bit before my cycle is typically where I experience like the week before super super interesting and like there is science to show like you do burn more calories with a cycle so that's typically why people experience it's like higher cravings or whatever that is um something i want to touch on too with like cycles and workouts just super quick is just like your cycle or your workouts around your cycle probably aren't going to be your best ones um and i think that's important to like 
touch on too, because it doesn't really matter how many calories you're eating, they just might not be the best and that's okay. And I think too, if it's something where someone is experiencing like really high fatigue or something like that, even just like pulling training intensity for a little bit during that time. I know if I have a client that has like PCOS or just like tough cycles in general, we'll manipulate things a little bit there too. And especially with nutrition, even like pushing them into a little bit of a surplus or whatever for that time frame. And that can be really, really helpful. I think with cycle syncing, like you had mentioned, like I'm not super well versed in it either, to be honest. Um, but in terms of like what to kind of be expected, ovulation, people usually feel their best, they feel their strongest. And then once you are kind of out of that follicular phase where you feel really good and your confidence is really high and you're really strong, then typically when you're in your luteal phase, you'll kind of experience like the negative body image, which I know I definitely experience. Your scale weight fluctuations, your bloating, your inflammation, it's kind of when you don't feel your best. And then once you kind of have your bleed, head back into follicular phase. And that's kind of the two cycles if you didn't know that as a female. Yeah. And I think that's so, so important and helpful to know because I think a lot of times people don't talk about this enough. Women don't talk about this enough. They're not as educated on their bodies. Of course, like this is something that we see a lot of times just with like client cases and hormones and ourselves and things along those lines. But just having that like basis knowledge and education of like, if you don't already track your cycle, highly recommend doing highly it. recommend doing that. Yeah, use for the, sure. Use the flow app. Like seriously, I didn't do it for so long and it just is so, so helpful to know because then I can kind of like gauge like, okay, maybe I'm not feeling my best this day in the gym. Like maybe I'm not increasing weights like crazy and like, oh, okay, maybe this is the reason why maybe I should push. I should not push. I should pull back a little bit more and so forth. And like, oh, this is the reason why I'm super, super hungry this day or, and so forth. And like, these are why I'm feeling a little bit more fatigued, bloated, etc. So being able to just like have that knowledge of your body is so important. Yeah, 100%. I think like working with your body rather than against it, because I know so many times people will be like, so so hard on themselves like i couldn't increase the weight this week and x y and z i'm like are you on your cycle yes and then they're like oh okay now i understand and like tracking your cycle like you mentioned if you don't already i'm like a huge advocate for the flow app like it's amazing you can track your symptoms you can see how many days of your cycle you're on you can see when your bleed is predicted it's amazing so i highly recommend and the last thing we want to talk about here is just like calorie cycling or carb cycling in general so this is something that can be more so used in any phase for sure i think with this this is something that if you are in a reverse diet or especially in like a maintenance and especially in a surplus this can be really really helpful having certain days where you have higher calories so this can you can really do anything here i know clients and myself personally um that really have higher calories on leg days if they really want to grow their glutes or grow their legs or just have that really high training intensity and performance um, I have clients that need the extra calories in their rest day. And I also have clients that need less calories in their rest day because the hunger is not matching. So it's very person dependent, as you guys can probably tell. But I think with like rest days, especially people get really nervous to eat the same amount of calories on rest days. And sometimes if I'm like, hey, like let's increase calories on rest days, right? You're growing your muscle, you're making progress when you're resting. So I think that's always super important to touch on and being able to manipulate calories in a way that feels good. Because to be honest, what's the most really important week over week is the weekly calories calorie amount. That does not mean eat a thousand calories and then 4,000 calories. Not what I'm saying, but more so just having that basically balance at the end of the week and being able to kind of divide those calories as you see fit is super helpful. Yeah, for sure. And something too, I want to touch on as well. Like yes, calories matter, but food quality. Absolutely. does. Very much so matters. I think a lot of times too, because what is it? What was that documentary that we had to watch middle school where the guy ate like supersize me, supersize me every day. I don't even remember what the result was, but like you're going to look vastly different if you have a diet filled of protein, veggies, fruits, all that good stuff versus if you eat a McDonald's Big Mac every single day for a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So being able to pay attention to calories, but also to 
what are your calories being composed of? Absolutely. There's a, I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. Jordan Syatt did this like experiment. Um, I don't know. It was a few years ago. He did it as a YouTube video and he basically did it to prove that calories, you know, matter most, but it's not like, like food quality matters too. So he did like this challenge where he'd get a Big Mac from McDonald's every day. Is this what you were talking about? No, something oh. else. But, oh, but the, like he did this challenge where he basically showed people like calories in versus calories out is what matters. And like he went to big, uh, McDonald's every day. He had a Big Mac and the rest of his diet was very nutrient dense, which is kind of what you're saying. And like, it was very, you know, fruits, veggies, protein. And he showed his entire diet, but he also showed himself getting a Big Mac every day. And this was kind of to show people like, Hey, as long as like X, Y, and Z is taken care of, you can have these foods. And like, it was so, so cool to see that. And it was so helpful. And anybody that will watch it, I'll send it to them so they can see like, Hey, it's not, you know, your McDonald's once a week that's stopping you from progress. It's the rest of it you know what i'm saying like i think that's super helpful and i think with like that kind of goes into like calorie cycling of like allotting your calories for what you enjoy and making sure you have that really wide variety of like nutrient dense foods i think is super important and making sure that even if your calories are high and your calorie cycling that doesn't mean just like i don't for lack of a better term it's like eat like shit um like on whatever day you have higher calories and then kind of trying to compensate so basically like just being mindful of like even if your calorie cycling if your calories are high you still do want to have a nutrient dense diet and making sure that you're not letting yourself get you know too flexible for lack of better terms i agree again live in the middle right? yeah i feel like a lot of people is like so dramatic of like all right i gotta be all the way on this spectrum or all the way on that spectrum and it's yeah. like you we can just live in the middle and kind of like hang out and chill there yeah 100 percent. and the last thing i want to talk about too with calorie cycling really quick is like for rest days having like higher fat instead like a higher carb because if your carbohydrates like myself have to get really high and it's just like it's just so much to push you don't want to be eating that every single day if you don't have to right like carbohydrates are really helpful in the gym so when i'm eating 400 carbs on my leg day do i really need 400 carbs on a rest day you know and being able to kind of bias those calories so i'm still having the calories but more so just like towards fat or something like that like dietary fat is really helpful and it's just my digestion to break Yeah, and for sure. And these are all the different ways that we can kind of like strategize of like, hey, yes, like calories are important, but also to what are those calories composed of as far as, you know, whether or not they're coming from fats and carbs and how are we manipulating this depending on if we're training, if we're having a rest day, if we want to grow our legs, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. This was a really, really fun podcast. I'm really happy we were able to do this. If you guys have any questions about anything that we said, of course, you're more than welcome to Instagram DM us. We will have our coaching links in the show notes. and. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week.